Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. Now today we have a very, very special lady. We connected when we did the Pearls of Wisdom um, virtual online retreat. So many synchronicities, we have so much in common. This lady is absolutely phenomenal. Really, really looking forward to getting to know her more because I see us doing things together in the future as well. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Michelle Alley, who's an intuitive and spiritual coach, but she's she's all around absolutely fantastic. Just listen, just listen to this podcast and you will understand exactly what I mean. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. You give the best introductions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What I am, I speak from the heart. I speak my truth and that's what I see. So I reflect that in how I introduce people. So that's the way yeah. it's meant to be. <laughs> I so, like it. Brilliant. Brilliant. So without further ado, Michelle, I'm going to jump into the first question. Can you describe your career path to date, please? Not that exciting. Um, I'm your typical child of a highly dysfunctional family that decided she was going to go out into the world and fix it. So from, you know, I I had my little jobs after high school and, uh, you know, like reception work and that kind of thing and and realized I don't want to grow this way. And thank goodness that put me into college. And getting a psychology degree was just, of course, that's what I'll do. And then I was a minor in addiction which tied into my family history. So, you know, I just went right along that path and that goes into nonprofit work. So every job really I've had after school has been around um, helping people, fixing things, um, trying to put out the fires. So a group home was probably the worst job I ever had. It was a teenage, was teenage girls in a home whose parents, their rights had been discontinued. So these, these girls were essentially parentless, motherless, and there is nothing. It was so wounding, but I didn't know what I know now, right? So I was yeah. just blundering through. It was incredibly painful. I lasted six months, barely, and then ended up in more traditional foster care as a caseworker. Um, and then after that, it was at a nonprofit to match volunteers with children who needed mentors who were missing fathers mostly. Again, kind of painful work, but it had this illusion that I was helping and fixing something. <laughs> I'd, uh, you know, it's, you just do what you can. You, you, you just tread water. But I did take a five, six year break to just be a mom, which was amazingly healing for me. I needed, I needed to do a lot of healing. And I think that was when my guidance really started with stay home because you know, who does that? You're 30,000 bucks in debt for school. What do you mean you're going to stay home? <laughs> but the, the draw was there and I was blessed that my husband at the time said, go ahead, you know, and, and it was good. Um, but yeah, after that, it was, it was, yeah, I just kind of did part-time work, but I always gravitated to nonprofit. Let me save the world. 
So that's, that's the, that's the path. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. And what I see from that is Michelle gives and Michelle gives and Michelle gives. When do you have time for you? When do you take, I know I've gone off track from these, from these questions, but you give to absolutely everyone. And I'm only mirroring what you probably say to me. When do you have time for you? When do you take time for you? Well, back in the day, not much. Anyone who's worked in social services will tell you that you are at the bottom of the list. Complete strangers even take precedence over your own family, which is one of the reasons I stopped working when I had my daughter. I knew I would do it. I knew I was going to be one of those who was calling a myriad of sitters and and trying to balance that and then not feel really awful about it because this shame comes with it and all this guilt. And so at least I did know then at the birth of her not to do that. Nowadays, you know, it's um <laughs> when you're trying to build your own business, you have a lot of downtime. <laughs> I can't really claim to be overworked right now. It's actually more about mothering. Um, in terms of what stresses me out, to tell the truth, <laughs> she's 14. And look where we are in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've learned she's priority. Um, yeah. and, and my dreams have to be important as well. I'm modeling for her. But, yeah, actually right now it's, it's her and, um, and, and building this as, as, it's, as it's guided to do so. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and I can relate to that. I was a single mum from when my daughter was nine years old and she's now just turned 26. And I just, when I taught, I taught both my children a really strong work ethic, but there are times when I look back exactly what you've said and I feel so guilty because there were times when I wasn't there and I had to have my mum and dad help because I couldn't be there all the time because I had, I had to, pay the bills I had to keep a roof over our heads and sometimes that doesn't mean that you do nine to three or three thirty when the school's finished you have to do what fits with that so I can completely completely relate to that so I'm going to move on to the next question you might have touched on it where we diverge slightly but can you name three things that made you choose your current career and why Yeah, kind of chose me. Um, <laughs> it, it was so bizarre. And it's a whole other podcast about how spirit can hijack your life. And it sounds so insane to people who, who, who just aren't at that point. Um, I mean, helping, of course, like I was saying, I, I want to save things, people, the world, I want to make it better. I want people to not hurt so much. I want people to make better choices. Oh yeah, I should make better choices too. You know, that's always in there is your own stuff. (laughs) Um, So it was this whole spiritual thing came up to me. It was a two by four, you know, over the head six years ago. I can't claim to choose that. And I don't mind at all. My soul said, hello, it's my turn. Um, but I, I, I'm proud to say I chose to reciprocate and to respond and step into it because I guess I could have fought it and it would have been miserable. Um, but I know people who are able to just keep that at bay. I mean, it's, it's killing them, but they're keeping their souls 
at bay. Um, and I'm really grateful that that wasn't what's meant for me. I, I went ahead and said, go ahead, what's, what's next? And my life imploded. So it was the calling, I, I guess you'd call it. Yes, uh, I do. I completely, completely relate to that. I had, as a child, yes, I used to see things and everything and it got quite scary and I put it away. I put it to one side. So I moved away from it and people told me I was a catalyst and things worked through me. So for years and years and years, I stopped what I was doing. Last two years, maybe three years I've gone in and the last six months I've connected with all my spirit guides and so far I've connected with 12. So I know there's more than that. I've been told I have a long ancestral line, but my lineage goes back. And yes, my guides are telling me they're going berserk at the back of me now to actually say, yes, yes, this is everything that they wanted to have happen. And it is now I'm learning. And if you saw the Herkimers I was wearing all over the weekend, yes, the connections with my guides with wearing the Herkimer diamonds went through the roof. I'm giving them a rest today because it's just not perfect. There's just so much. But everything you're saying, I can so be like, and this is the synchronicities. This is why you and I have hit it off so well, because we have so much in common. And why I want everyone to hear your story. Because when I talk about the retreat, when I shared your session, people were in awe. They were so excited at the end saying everything and they resonated with what you were talking about. And it was, you just commanded the audience as soon as you were sharing. And it, it was obvious that your guides were channeling and showing you so that you delivered the response that everyone needed. So you shared that message that so many people want to learn and grow from. And I'm just I'm just excited to see where this journey is going to take you. I really yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, me too. Excited, scared, you know. <laughs> so I know that as well. I know that as well. I'll move I'll move on to the next question because I do, I do, as you've already learned, I do jump around with these questions simply from the answers I get. But what key values does your business offer you? I love the, I mean, it's the, the drum I beat about authenticity and I get to be unapologetically me. Like, this is what I offer. This is who I am. I, I will love you in a way that is going to hurt a little bit because I will not, you know, foster your, your illusions and your self-protection. And I love that I, I have the freedom to do that. You know, when you work in an organization, you, you can't, you can't, you have these rigid structures that prevent creativity <laughs> and, and squelch honesty. God forbid anyone be authentic and tell, you know, a mother who's completely drug addicted and desperate and doesn't really want to be a mom anymore. You know what, honey, it's okay. Let's find a way out of this for you. Let's not put you through the hoops of suffering and your children through three years of visits that destroy them. Let's go to the judge and say, you'd actually like to surrender now and it's okay. You're, you're fine. No, you can't do that. You have to follow all these ridiculous roads to nowhere because of funding and because everyone needs to legitimize their jobs. See, I could totally go down a hole here. But anyway, so I love <laughs> that I don't have to do that. Um, 
yeah, it's the rigidity out in, in, in corporate and in organizations even that say, we're all about helping people. I've been in those organizations and it's a lot of talk and it's really painful to be in because you feel like such a fraud. So that's what I love about, I think any business owner will tell you probably something very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So from that, first of all, I'm going to ask you now, please, will you come back as a regular guest? Because you have so much to share. I think all me, the audience want to hear all these things. But like you say, you have so much information and knowledge and the way you approach things. They are separate podcasts on their own. So I will ask you now, please, can we have you as a regular guest where you come and we talk about a single subject for the future? Because we would love, love, love to hear everything you have to share. Well, let me think about that. Someone's inviting me to just talk and feel like I know things. Yes, I'm on board. (laughs) Oh, Oh, absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. And also, when you say about being the authentic self and where you care for people, yes, I've done it. I've worked contracting with large corporations, public and private sector. And you go because it's paying the bills and you have a certain skill set that everyone wants but when they ask for something they don't want to hear what you need to tell them so sometimes they push back on that and also so many companies do not realize if they're looking to recruit someone the first thing they do is they will connect with employees and if your employees are unhappy because they're not being nurtured in the way the company ethos supposedly puts out that they do they become your brand and therefore they stop you growing. So if if you truly want people to come and join your company and you want to be a market leader and a trendsetter, walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. Actually live and breathe what your values say you do because you will be found out and you'll go from being a number one, top 100 company to dropping out of a way because people know the feedback from employees will say, yes, it sounds good, but I lasted six months because they, they didn't deliver on what they said they were going to. And that's the message I'd say from working in corporate and most people when they work for themselves because you have the freedom to actually be you and be authentically you. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes get on my high horse on certain things, but I'm passionate about it. I want people to be to listen and understand and if you touch on the mental health mental well-being side people need to hear it's okay to feel like that you're not on your own because we've all gone through it which is nine times out of ten why we've all chosen to work for ourselves because we want to help and share and give the love that people need which is stifled within a corporate environment because you're not taught to be like that it's seen as wrong and you're supposed to fulfill a certain regime and I was going to say regimen and it is regime regimen it is it's almost a military outlook because they expect a certain response and you can't deviate from that so that's me off that's me off from my high horse I will step back now (laughs) (laughs) I'm now going to move on now this this I must admit this question came from my corporate days when I used to ask CEOs to 
give me content for when I was writing blog articles, but I think it is useful here as well. Michelle, what keeps you awake at night? Oh, the state of the world, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, being a parent just adds that extra, right? I, if I allow myself, I can lay in bed all night and envision every horrible thing that could happen to my, my daughter. And then I have to come back and coach myself. Self-heal, you know, heal thyself. And I have to turn on the lights and say, you know what? Her life is going to be her life. And she is in good hands, just like you are. Her, her life path is her life path. You need to let it go. And I try to picture myself unclenching my fingers from around her life, her, her. Um, honestly, she is probably my Achilles heel. But then, you know, when I get over that nonsense, then I move on to, yeah, the state of the world. And I think, how can we climb this mountain of suffering and of injustice and of seemingly never learning a damn thing? <laughs> how? And then again, you know what? Higher intelligence, honey. Just do your job. It's fine. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Just do what you're supposed to do. There's a plan. You might not like it. So yeah, it's, it's how to be effective. And then am I good enough at that? And am I in the right place? And oh, look at me turning it about me. Interesting how it turned from, you know, how the world is messed up to now <laughs> that I need to feel better. I mean, have you noticed how quickly we, we make that switch? So stuff that keeps me awake at night is largely ridiculous and completely out of my control. Um, probably the same things that keep everybody awake. It's just fear-based, right? Fear is basically what keeps me awake at night. That's probably the best summary I could give you. <laughs> blind fear. <laughs> there you go. I can relate. I can relate. And anyone that listens to any of my shows, be it podcasts or on the radio show, I'm a lover of affirmations. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, normally it's between two and three in the morning when those niggles come in, and I start my affirmations, which I have Gabby Bernstein to thank because one of the first people I start, that started me on this journey. And it is um, an infinite stream of abundance flows to me. I am abundant and I am free. And that's like my centering affirmation that I say. And I've said it so long for years now it comes to my head straight away. So if I've had a nightmare or and I find on my spiritual journey as I'm growing, if I don't ground myself fully before I go to sleep, I get visited in dreams by some really scary things and they will wake me up. And the yeah. first thing I have to do, infinite stream of abundance flows to me. I am abundant and I am free and it grounds me. And then I remember to call my guides in to keep me safe. I now add a little bit, but if I forget to ask before I fall asleep, please look after me as well, because I have had quite a few vivid dreams from that. So yes, can completely, completely relate to what you've said and where you were saying, how do you do all this? one step at a time which is exactly what you're doing you and I have been guided we're here for certain reasons we have a destiny to fulfill and that's when the guides will come to us and say yes and give us those nudges that what we have to do I've learned now I just say tell me when tell me where tell me who and I'll do it and it's amazing when you step out of your comfort zone and do that, well, you've seen some of the things I've done recently and that's because I've been truly guided to do it. And when I look back, it amazes me that I've done it. 
but it shows <laughs> it shows you just what you're capable of and that's mm -hmm. exactly what you're doing so i think every listener can relate to what you're sharing here i really do good that's the hope yeah. <laughs> right i'm now going to move on it so the audience can get a gist of how to work with you and everything where and how do you work best at home i mean it's that's the other perk you know is that i get to just kind of see what room feels good that day um you know that particular client they would enjoy that picture i have in the living room or you no know, she'd get a kick out of it you know it's it, that part's really fun and I, I mean i've done sessions on my bed in my yoga pants and it didn't matter i i love that i just you know, I have my candles and I have my crystals over there and then my tarot cards over here and I'm in my little zone and I say my prayers before I have the session. I make sure I've got 10 or 15 minutes to just sit yeah. in whatever to make sure that I'm clean. Yeah. And I think you probably can relate that you've had, if you've had a stressful day or a run in with someone that maybe wasn't so pleasant, you have to really let, that, let it go. You can't bring that to a session with someone. It's, it's not right and it's not fair. It compromises. So I work best if I have my own act together and I'm in my integrity and I'm in a place of, yeah, of um, familiarity. And they love it because they're in their living room. All my stuff is on Zoom, even before COVID. Yeah. This is one of the perks is I've had sessions with people in their cars. Like he, he, he was doing it, his wife didn't know. <laughs> that he was getting extra sessions they were struggling and he pulled over and he was in the parking lot on his iphone <laughs> and i was able to accommodate that i love it so and my environment needs to be free and it needs to be me is probably yeah. the answer yeah and that's absolutely perfect and i say to the listeners Something I forgot to say, which I always say for these podcasts, you need your pen and paper ready. But most of the audience, if they've heard my other podcasts, they will they will make sure they've got pen and paper to take down all these notes. And like you say, yes, I've I'm used to working on a digital um, nature. So when it comes to actually who do I work with and how do I work, Zoom has always been there, and it is. And I know loads of people with a spiritual leaning was saying originally pre-covid you can't connect on zoom but you can i still get the same messages from my guys and this is what everyone's saying it is is as if you're in the room because it's working as energy and you've got energy connecting us on zoom therefore that's the way my brain equates to how it's working that we're still we're in the same place connecting via energy so therefore we can pick up on yeah. the other people on the call with clients with customers that so you actually get that connection so yes it's fantastic and it also it opens up the audience you can be talking to people the other side of the world like you and i we're in completely different continents yet we set the time so that it works for both of us i've got two interviews with people in australia on friday and it's just fitting it's to fit with all of this so it is your network becomes larger and larger and you're not stuck to the face-to-face. -face. So this is how you grow. So it's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I'm now going to work, move on to something again with your work. 
what tools do you use that makes your work life easier? Yeah, see, back in the day when I was in casework, I would have been all over this, um, you know, because it was so hectic and so chaotic. This isn't, um, especially if I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. If I have my ducks in a row, my spiritual yeah. ducks, I don't need a lot of tools. I really don't. I, yeah. I, I'm a self-contained kind of kit. Yeah. It's all on me. If I, Yeah, and my tool is me. I'm the conduit. I'm the ones, you know, I don't have a, a rod or anything that's the knowledge or the, the advice or the guidance comes through, comes through me. So I have to take care of me. That's, that's the tool. And, and um, I don't have a hectic schedule yet. I, the guidance is kind of nudging me. Enjoy your break because things are about to change up for you. So we'll see what that looks like. And then I might have a different answer for you that I needed to incorporate a huge schedule. <laughs> and I've had, you know, I've, I've had to redo visitation stuff with my ex and, oh my gosh, I'd have all these things I suddenly <laughs> do. But right now I do not have a good answer for that. <laughs> but, but you see, the answer you've given is absolutely perfect. And this is where the audience and the listeners will really resonate with that because it is, they get you completely authentically you and that's what they want to connect with and that's why they're going to reach out to you which is why I put this question in so that the people that want to work with my guests will resonate with those answers and say yes we want to reach out and we want to work with Michelle and I will say to everyone listening make sure you do with all of these podcasts I always put ways that you can connect with the guests in the description to the podcast and make sure you reach out because this lady I started saying it and I say it again, she is phenomenal. She knows her stuff. And just listen to the rapport and the energy that's on this interview. You can't help but realise just how special this lady is. So make sure you make those notes. And as soon as you listen to this, you reach out to Michelle because they, you can guarantee there will be lots of other people reaching out. So make sure you're at the front of the list. So, right, that's me. <laughs> I am now going to ask, again, it's working on getting to know you more and the background, but Michelle, what would you have done differently in your life if you'd known then what you know now? Oh, not a damn thing. And I know what people say that. I know. Um, But honestly, I really believe what I speak, that there are no mistakes, you know, um, and to get really earthy about it, you know, for women, I think maybe especially it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I had sex with that guy. Or I can't believe I compromised myself the way I, I did that. And there's all this shame. And a huge part of this awakening was you don't have time for that. That's not what you're here for to wallow. You had to have that experience and you had to know that person and you don't need to know why you affected them. They took their piece away just like you did. You know, just let it go it's just an experience so I really mean it when I give you that answer I and I wouldn't have my daughter think about it if I had to find my way to her dad and I had to find my way to the jobs where I did help people like I do know there I was in places where it had to be me yeah. you know right there's those places where it couldn't have been anyone else yeah it had to be me and then in another situation it was not my not mine that had to be someone else's we are exactly where we're supposed to be every freaking second. And the minute we 
allow ourselves that and drop all the shaming and the, and the silliness around, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have, you know, it's mm. all perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We're here. It's all good. <laughs> so I wouldn't change a thing, you know. If I'm going to get a little fantastical, I would, I would like to, uh, I would like to have been kinder to myself. I would have liked to have been kinder to other people. I was a very typical wounded child of an alcoholic, and we are often a very defensive and rather um, cutting personality because of we were raised in an adversarial kind of um, setting, and and it's uh, it's an interesting. Or we're incredibly. Um, you know, closed and, and really repressed. I, I was a, a mix. I was very unkind though, because boy, you weren't going to hurt me before I hurt you. It was a foolproof strategy. <laughs> I wish I could take that back, but I had to be that person to become this person. So I have to let that go too. <laughs> oh. Right. Exactly. Now I so resonate all my really, really special guests when I ask that question, they all give the same answer that they wouldn't change anything because it was part of what they needed to learn. And again, that's the reason that question is there, because any listener to this can see and can resonate. You are the perfect person you've gone through. You needed to go through that to become who you were and on who you are and what lessons you need to learn. I mean, when I go back I'm terrible. All the men that I've ever had in my life have always been wrong. Um, and some one very wise friend to, said to me quite a few years ago, she said, you had to go through that again because you didn't damn well learn the first time. And exactly. So you do. You just learn. And I can sit back and I say, yes, I think I've learned now and I'm happy in my skin and I'm pleased. But yes, you need all those because you need some of those experiences so that you can share and help those that we're brought to work with because you need to, that's the whole thing about sympathy and empathy and to fully understand where they're coming from so you can truly help them because anyone can show sympathy. It's only when you walk into empathy and compassion that you actually become someone that can help because sympathy is a, all right, that's the right word to say at the time. And maybe I've upset people by saying that, but you, if someone is hurting, they have to know that you fully and completely understand and feel what they feel. And to sympathise, you don't. To empathise and to share compassion, you do. Yeah, it's a different thing. But the really and crucial component that people also don't like when I tell them is, guess what? You happened to somebody else. Yeah. You've been the bad guy. So this whole victimology thing, honey, two-way street, you know, just yeah. always, it's all about, well, I, me, ouch, oh, well, you ouch other people. I ouch still someone else. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's being human that we step on each other. We're incredibly self-absorbed and it's fostered by how, where we live. It's incredibly difficult to, to step out of that zone of me, me, me. I mean, look at how it's, it's fed. So I'm always big on accountability. Oh, that's not loved. Just, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm sure you've encountered that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Oh, this is wonderful. It really, really is. Now, can you tell us, Michelle, what is your biggest challenge and why? 
Oh, this is always hard because I don't want to admit it because I want to believe that I'm I'm over it and I'm cured, whatever that means, that I don't suffer from insecurity anymore, that I don't have the eight-year-old Michelle tapping me on the shoulder just as hard as my soul tapped me, you know, of you're not that smart. You're, you, what are you going to say that people need to hear? Really, honey, really? And again, that's childhood stuff of trying to be invisible to stay safe. I think a lot of us grew up that way. Like, like I said in an event, it's just this habit we develop. So my challenge will always be, and I've had readers tell me this, it's like, you're going to be fine, but that goblin of yours about you're not worthy and you're not good enough, you don't really have anything to offer is going to nibble at your heels, be on alert. So that is my, I have a lot of goblins. We all have numerous, but that's my, mm, my big one. Oh, yes, can so, so, so relate. I mean, yes, people see me that I stand out and I have this confidence and I do all these things. I'd say I'm quite shy, but it's it's changing your personality to what you need to do. And But sometimes, like we said in the earlier question, sometimes you have to revisit that. One, to learn just how far you've come. And so that so that it builds your confidence and to allow yourself to truly realize, yes, I can recognize the old me, but look how I've changed. But sometimes, again, we need to readdress and revisit that old us, because that might be what the next person we encounter needs us to be and feel, because that's why we're here to help them. And it's and me saying that, that was channeled, I can feel it, that coming through. That was exactly what we both needed to hear, as it were. Maybe one of the listeners, one or more of the listeners needed to hear that as well, I think. So, yes, I'm getting a definite yes from that as well. Yay! <laughs> right, I will now... Now, when I first put this question in, a few people have said it's egocentric. Now, I must admit, I didn't consider the ego when I was writing it but I'm going to keep it in because it just flows with all the other questions Michelle how do you how do you want to be remembered honestly I don't care I know it's a weird one um but I truly just see this existence as as just a big kind of sometimes hellish field trip and when I leave here I'm I hope to be done. It's been a hell of a ride and it's going to get more interesting. Probably. I really, the only person whose opinion I care, it would be my child, but even her knowing she's a soul separate from mine on her own journey. It's irrelevant. That's the word. It is irrelevant how you remember it, quite frankly. And what really gets me on, I got me (laughs) is this thing you do (laughs) when someone has passed on, we suddenly deify them. They could have been the most horrible human. Like they really just were not very good humans. And and suddenly, because we need to feel better about having known them, we change their story. It makes me a little nuts. And I refuse to do it. You know, I say, no, I remember what this human was like. And God bless them. I hope they've learned their lessons. And we've learned and we're all going to move on. And let's not pretend that they were someone <laughs> So it's an odd answer, but it's where I'm at. It's irrelevant. 
it just doesn't matter because it's just ether. It's just moving. It's energy. Get over it. <laughs> oh, I, I love, love, love this because this is, this is the answers that people need to hear because it's because that takes the ego away completely and shows mm-hmm. people live for the moment, enjoy everything you're doing and don't, don't almost be a martyr to what's going to happen because once you've passed on those nearest and dearest that love you will always have that that special feeling for you but it, I mean like when I say to family I remember my sister and I used to fight like cat and dog growing up I love <laughs> her to bits if we were out and we weren't family would we connect maybe not but we have that connection and that's just just the way we are because we all need to learn from that. So your answer is one of the best I've had on these shows because it does it, it makes you think as well. It isn't saying because some people come up with all these famous people and yes and what, but that doesn't necessarily resonate all the time. The answer you've given, true authentic self, which is what everyone needs and wants to hear, and it makes us all stop and think. And then totally agree with you. So I just love it. I love it. Thank you. I was a little worried about that one because I'm like, oh, this is going to get weird. But here it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm now going to ask the question. You could be in a child work. I'm not sure. this, But as a child, Michelle, what did you want to be? And how close to that dream are you now? This also, yeah, this came up in my my presentation over the weekend. Um, I literally had no dreams. It was not an environment to cultivate dreams. It it just it's it's a it's a whole thing. I mean, your parents color you from the moment you enter their bodies. You know, I'm very much a believer in womb trauma, and my mother almost had an abortion. My dad and her was an I was an accident. She was 38. Um, you know, money of course was an issue. Then she literally did give me up for adoption for six months once I was born and then got me back somehow. This was not an environment that made you feel nurtured and like, you're amazing, honey. You would just go live a dream. It was, you know, what survive and get out. That was the goal. I never understood how people were planning in sixth grade to be a doctor. I'm like, who does that? I just got to go home tonight and figure out if my mom's going to be drinking brandy or wine because brandy made her suicidal and want to burn the house down. Wine just made her go to sleep. This is where I lived. So I look back on that and say, damn, there's a character builder, right? I, I, I navigated it, but I did it by blending into the furniture and pretending I had no personality and no opinion. Um, that was what I wanted to do was to get out Pearl. I'm not even making that up. It was this goal I had of getting away from this woman who just was in so much pain and made me feel pain, everyone around her pain. She's a whole other story. I just, I, I so grieve for her loss of, um, of being who she would have, I would have wanted her to be, you know, a happy, fulfilled person. Her life path here was amazingly difficult. Um, so no, no big dreams of I want to go save the world. Not then. That came later when I got out. And I wanted to avoid my own pain. I'll go dive into other people's. There's a, wow. Again, foolproof, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
I see. I mean, this is why you and I have connected so well, because, yes, I see so many synchronicities. My mother's passed now, and I can remember my childhood where I was told regularly that I was hated and she was only staying to be with my sister. And you start to think that, and I started to develop a figure quite young. So, and then my figure was better than my mother's. And I used to get an awful lot of resentment from that. And then I used to get hit and I'd be hit with whatever she had at hand. And if she missed me, I was going to get hit harder because she was angry that she'd missed in the first place. And this is something I haven't shared in years and years and years, but it is, it's those layers that you, and like Mm. I say, we connected for a reason and the synchronicities and you can see it's made us what we are and we've gone through it and we're stronger. And again, it gives us the empathy to share with other people and understand what they're going through to help them as well but yes completely completely resonate from where you're coming from where your story is but look what you've achieved look where you are now and how many people you help and everything it's it's all done for a reason they have a far higher calling for us i'm sure of that yeah better take our vitamins (laughs) yeah (laughs) most definitely most definitely Right. Now, this is me. I'm afraid this is my selfish question. I, If you've heard it by others, I have passions in life. I love my shoes. And anyone that follows me on Facebook will see I have a room full of shoes there. I think at last count, it was about 280, 360 pairs of shoes. And then I put my ankle boots and then I put my other bits. And yes, but that's a whole other story how I got to that. But that's one passion and my crystals like I'm saying I need a bigger desk because half of my desk is now covered with crystals to work with whatever I'm doing but my other love my other love is books and this is why I've added this question can you name three titles of your favorite books and why you've chosen them please and there goes my my Siri going off Siri always 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 joins in and that's from my watch and from my radio shows people that listen say that is always when the gold is coming because it's spirit talking through my watch saying but this is going to be a great answer that's funny well of course I can't give you a simple one um I honestly don't have those I'm a voracious reader I always have been when I came we we relocated um from Germany when I was eight and I knew no English zero and she drops me off in third grade and basically says, good luck. So I learned, I learned that reading was going to be my key, right? Like learn an English language, all those silent letters. It, yeah. it was a nightmare mm-hmm. to learn. I, oh my God. But it became a great love because I was such a loner. It was my escape. I, I read during recess. I read all the time. I, and so in, into adulthood, it was, I never gravitated toward just one thing. What I figured out through your question, because I had to think about it, was how much I've always gone for books or series that were about people, like really people-centered. So, okay, and I know it's a little silly, but Agatha Christie, I have every book and I've read them three or four times each. Her characters are so fun and it's so complicated. And that was my favorite part of the mystery. 
yeah. was the people unraveling. I oh, love it. Um, and another series is uh, the ones by James Harriet, the country that, you know, yeah. I've read those a couple of times, but character based, the colorful descriptions of these people that were real. Yeah. I loved that they were real. Um, oh, I just love his stuff. And then there's an American author, Robert Fulgham, who's a Unitarian minister. And the first book he wrote or that I found was um, Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And then like his next book was It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It. You know, <laughs> it was, again, real people. And as a minister and as a liberal minister, he had this amazing breadth and depth of human understanding. And he loved everyone. And he describes these encounters he has with his congregation <laughs> and in his travels. But he does it with such love. He loves his calling. Yeah. He is a minister. And he has no issue who you and what you are. And so I, I learned a little from him about it really doesn't matter. You take your heart out there and that's what you lead with. And all the labels and all that crazy BS, you just ignore. So he's a favorite, just author in general. Um, and again, the way he connected to people and loved people and describes. I just love people studying. I'm that person at the mall and I can just sit there for hours and just watch people walk by and try to get a sense of what might that story be? And I'm trying to teach my daughter to do that. Not in a judgy way, not in that shitty mean way, but what do you think? She's about 15 and she has a baby. What do you think? How, how, do, how might that have happened? That kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So people, people books is my best answer. Oh, this is wonderful. And this is why I have such a passion for books because yes, I did my degree my degree was in English, English literature and language together. I have, I love the whole linguistic side. I can go in and pull poetry together apart. I love it for the sound and the rhythm and the words and what it creates. But I also like to dissect it and see why the alliteration fits because they've had the same letter on the set, on each line, so you actually see the patterns, <laughs> everything like that. So everything you've said. I completely, completely agree with. And it's, 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 it's what you listen to and what you connect with. And I know my first ever company, my tagline was knowledge is power. That's part of where, that's part of where pearls of wisdom come from, in that you are sharing your wisdom. Everyone I connect with is sharing their wisdom and how you read and consuming it in books means you can you can you can lose yourself that can be an escape to yes. when everything else around you you can just shut off and you can be drawn into the book and the more detailed it is the better and where you said about listening and watching I used to do that when I used to drop my children off at, at the first school uh, infant school here in the UK I would go and sit in a coffee shop. Didn't matter which coffee shop, as long as long as I was drinking out of bone china, because tea tastes better out of bone china. Yes, I'm a snob. I'm a snob when it comes to that. But I would sit and I would listen, because I did part of my courses were creative writing. So you'd listen to the conversation to understand the dialogue as to how people respond. And when you look at someone and then you hear their accent and you hear the way they speak you can almost start to write your own 
piece of fiction because you can put together what's brought them together, what's got them sat at that table, and where is this mm-hmm. story and where is it going to take them afterwards. So everything you've said there, it just reiterates just why I love books. And yes, I've got fiction books. I must admit, I've got so many research books because for years, that's what you do. You read to consume, to research on the subjects that you're working with. And straight after my degree, when someone told me, what do you like to read? I couldn't tell you because all I'd done was read and study to answer the essay that was coming up, to answer the exam that was coming up. And I couldn't tell you what I liked, what genre I liked or anything because I was desensitised to it. But then to hear your passion when you share about the imagery that the words contain and what it instills in people, that reignites my love for books all over again and why I like to read. Because that's why I put it as a question. And like I say, it's purely selfish because I like to learn what everyone else is reading. And if it's not on my list, I'm going to add it. Aha, it's all about you. I get it now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Right, I will now move on to the next question. And this is almost very similar to how you want to be remembered. But who would you say are your key influences and why? Okay, it's another weird answer. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I really had to kind of think about it because honestly, I, I don't model what I do after anyone. I don't, I don't have a model really for this. So I will watch people like really, you know, Tony Robbins's and the Gabby Bernstein's and the Brene Brown's. And I'll say, man, that would be awesome to have that kind of effect on people to actually instigate healing. That's so cool. But they don't influence me in that I say, oh, I'm going to start doing what he did. I'm going to follow that plan. It's not my rhythm. It's simply not how I work. So I'm like, well, what's that mean? And if they just gave it to me, it's like your influence is your upbringing, is your mother, your father, your ancestors. That's who's influencing you. If you really go by the meaning of the word, you know, what's influencing your choices and behaviors and that you model yourself after kind of a deal. Well, I'm trying not to model myself after these people. It's a huge influence to not want to be someone. Yeah. And I refuse to live the life of lack, loss, grief, sadness that I watched my mother live. And my father was not any different, though I don't know him. What little I know was just as sad. I have half siblings who were a train wreck, last I heard. My influence is not to follow that path of destruction. It's a powerful force in me. So it's a different flavor of influence. It's the other side of the coin. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this. It, it does. It shows, but it shows how you fully understand what makes people tick. You can see the work you've put in and to understand, yes, you can take bits from different people, but that doesn't mean that you need to emulate them. You can follow certain ideologies, but then you put your spin because you're the person that's working with the people. And that's why you need that connection is to understand that piece from that person and that's why it's so it's so lovely to get an answer like that it really is it does is I'm getting goosebumps all over again (laughs) 
Now, I'm going to move on. This is the longest question, so I have to take a great big deep breath for this one. <laughs> right, Michelle, if you could share a great meal with anyone, alive or dead, what would the meal be and who would it be with? Fish tacos and Jesus. Oh, that is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I am his number one fan. I, you know, I don't believe in the Godson thing, so that's just out there. I, to me, you know, Jesus was the ultimate community organizer. He was such a badass. He defied a power that could, I mean, make you wet yourself. They were so terrifying. Oh my! And he just in this grace and this assuredness of who he was and what he was here to do gives me chills. I mean, solid stood in it. Didn't even fight for it. Like he just stood in it. Oh my God. If if he gave a class, I would, I would pay, I would go to the (laughs) workshop. I, he was just an absolutely exceptional being. So, and at the same time, he didn't take himself so seriously. Don't you ever get that energy about him that he didn't buy his own hype? Oh, Mike, I just really like him. Like if I met him and didn't like him, I would be absolutely stunned. Um, and I just kind of went with fish tacos because of the fish and loaves thing. And I love fish tacos. <laughs> it kind of works, right? Oh, this is, this is absolutely perfect. You know, Two of my guests, you've been one of them. One lady asked and she said she'd put God at the table, that she the conversation she'd had. And then for you to say, JC, yes, that makes it really resonates because it's, I've got a book sat here on my shelf. And I don't know, let me find it out. Now, obviously, the, the listeners can't see, but I'm sharing. I don't know if you can see where it, it is now. It's, it's called The Shack. Have you ever read The Shack? I've heard of this. Yes. I have. And I've seen it. I think it's on Amazon as a film as well. I don't know if oh. it's there. But um, by W.M. Paul Young. And what it is, it's a man that's a, his, his family goes away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And his daughter was killed, but you hear it through. But his the whole book is his conversation with God. But you have the Holy Trinity. You have you have God. You have Jesus, and you have um, the the Holy Trinity. That all three. But this is my menopausal Spirit. brain. So yeah, yeah, Spirit. That's it. See, my menopausal brain. I forget words, which should be quite easy, and it's there, but I can't find them. <laughs> But that I would say, read that book. It really makes you think because it was someone that was questioning faith and understanding and the conversation that he had with these three beings really, but it goes into the whole idea of understanding and what you see as a connection with that higher power and who they are and where they are and why they are. And it was brilliant. Brilliant. And you saying that Jesus would be who you'd have at the table. And like you said, he teaches so much. That entity, that person, the actual figurehead. And like you say, so many people wanted to put words into his mouth and make him something because they wanted to vilify him in a certain way. And that is, and it's, it's personal to each and every one. But the examples he set 
is how it's almost that idea of heaven on earth where you take the right path and you move forward. And each time you take the wrong path, that's how the evil and badness come into the world because you're not following the true path that you should. That That's something I learned a very long time ago. There's some days when I question whether that's the, that's true or not, but on other days it falls back and I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I come back to. If everybody did what they were actually natured to do and be, yes. we'd be cured. We'd be yeah. healed. It just seems insurmountable. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll mind my own patch and I'll do what I can. In the end, you just cannot tell people how to feel or what to do or how to see things. You can't. No. no. Let that go. Yeah. And also, when you resonate with people, it might be the fifth, sixth, seventh time whether when you actually meet them where you think, yes, I'm meeting this person because there's something we should do together. But they don't always mm. see it. They don't see it and understand it to begin with. They have to come. We can't do it for them. They have to come to that realisation themselves. And yes. it's only when they're at that place in their life where they are ready to make the changes, that's when they will reach out and connect with the people that they need to. Yep. What is it? Meet people where they are, honour their place. Yeah. We just need to honour where we each are. It would help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe this time has just flown past. We're down to the last two questions. And I'm going to to throw them together because they do really fit together. Now, this is when Michelle shouts about everything she does so you can hear and you can connect. Now, Michelle, what services or items do you offer to your clients or customers? And do you have any special offers at present? Yeah, I'm a very um, low-key kind of gal. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, I don't have, like, I don't coach for business. I don't coach for life efficiency. I have really intimate conversations with people. That's what I do. Like, I'm, I'm for, within the first half hour, we're talking about you've been sexually abused by your dad or you've been cheating on your wife and that's why you're here. You're, you've been, you know, doing whatever to your husband behind his back or, you know, what really personal, like that's just my shtick is Mm -hmm. if they, people come to me, it's like, what brings you, what, what's the hurt? Let's not dance around. What's the pain? Mm -hmm. Well, and then we dance a little bit because that's what we do. But at the end of it, we're, we are eyeball deep usually in some really heavy stuff. So what I offer is just a really safe space, no judgment. And I know that's people say that and then you end up getting judged. So I understand the level of trust that comes with that. Um, first of all, I've got no one to tell, <laughs> you know, um, and truly that judgment, I, I have done enough things in my life that would be judged by others very harshly that I, I'm not even tempted to pass yeah. that on to someone else. Yeah. Um, we simply do what we do. And when you come to someone like me and you're willing to spill your guts and you're willing to try to find out why this is, keeps happening or why you hurt people or why you let others hurt you or whatever the story is, I respect, I such respect for people who actually go out and say, I'm going to tackle this. Yeah. I am done being a victim to my stories. Something's up with me. This is, this is ridiculous. 
And when it comes to women and men in my age group as well, I wish that I could connect better to men. But I understand that women are just who's going to plug in more. I so want to just infuse the, the power of, you know, the knowledge that we have at this age, the immense influence that we can have by virtue of my maturity, that we are mothers and lovers, um, we're entrepreneurs waiting to happen. I, I, it hurts me so much when I meet women like me who used to be me and really don't think anything else is in store for the next 30 years except getting their kids out of the house and pleasing their, their, their mates. Yeah. I'm just going to keep making his favorite meal. And keeping the house nice, and I might go to book club more. You know what? You got more. If you feel anything else in you, <laughs> can we try to excavate that? If that is your path, then that's your path. But a lot of women feel more than that. Just saying. They feel a lot more urgings than, than just cooking for the next 30 years and hoping their kids call. So my service is conversation and unearthing and getting uncomfortable. And then getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's a whole art form. I don't do specials. I don't do two-for-ones or deals because I don't have a service that way. My hourly rate is incredibly reasonable at this point. You know, when you're not world-renowned, you keep it real. Um, what I've noticed is that my my hourly, and I, I think the only special I might offer is that I don't lock you into, and I want to be really clear about this, I'm not someone who says, just come for that one session, and then we'll talk about you taking on a package. I'm mean, really uncomfortable with that because of the material we cover. It's so personal. And yeah, yeah so I don't do that whole you know, if you come for an hour and then you disappear, I will not chase you down. Yeah. I will not call you and email you. You are guided to me or you're not. Yeah. And my hourly rate pretty much equals um, insurance deductibles here in the States, at least. Yeah. It's, I figured that out. I said, you know, this is often what they have to pay out of pocket, even with insurance. So you know what? I'm okay with what I've got going right now. Yeah. So they just have to come to the website and kind of check it out. Yeah. And as we said all along, I will share all the different ways that the listeners can connect with Michelle and it will all be in the description. And I've absolutely loved, loved, loved this interview. And I can't wait to when we connect again and talk about certain subjects and really go deep and learn more. And I say to the listeners, as I say every time, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because then you know you get that little message that says when a new episode has been added and you get to really connect with the guests and we have such wonderful guests and it just leaves me to say a massive massive thank you Michelle it really has been a pleasure talking to you and learning from you today well thank you 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 open up a venue for us to do this you know we can blog ourselves silly and make our own videos and stuff but when someone offers an actual little portal into a, a population yeah. that's a huge gift uh, you just i know you know that but i think sometimes you just need to hear it you know that it, it's really needed absolutely this it's a hard world to move forward in without other people's help that's just a fact so Thank you for being one of those helpers. Thank you. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. 
please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.